She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's Autumn Miles back with you. Thank you guys so much. You're overwhelming me. You are overwhelming me with your comments and messages and emails. You guys, if you have not had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, go download that and listen to that one. Play a little catch up. We had an amazing comment come through yesterday. I talked about the dry bones in Ezekiel 37 and someone commented, said, I listened to the podcast. Let me tell you about dry bones. Today, I am remarrying my ex-husband. And she actually sent me pictures last night. So go listen. There is so much power in the word of God. And thank you for listening. Tell a friend, subscribe, share, write us a good review. We love, love, love that you guys are along with this new journey with us. We love you guys. I've got some opening thoughts today. And you know, this is given to us by my husband. Okay. So here's the thing. Last night we carved pumpkins with my family. We do it every single year. And it's really funny because it used to be really a short little pumpkin carving session, like 30 minutes. And then we added two more kids. So now it lasts a lot longer because I don't know who came up with the tradition of carving pumpkins, but I mean, it it is hard to carve pumpkins, to get through there with the knife, to get the top off, to get all the disgusting stuff in the middle of the pumpkin out. And then you, you ask your children, what do you want on the front of the pumpkin? And they say, Spider-Man. How in the world are you as a parent supposed to carve Spider-Man in the front of a pumpkin. It is like the most frustrating family activity of all time, but that's beside the point. We've been doing this for years. We typically do it a couple days before Halloween, but we had to do it early. Why, you ask? Because our pumpkins were rotting. So we had to do it before they were completely gross. And my kids, I make this special hot chocolate. Every year around the holidays, I really go all out with this hot chocolate that I make. Now, the kids don't know, but we buy it from, I think, Sam's Club. (laughs) We have so many people in our family drinking hot chocolate that we buy the mix from Sam's Club. And then I add my little special whatever to it. And of course, we put like way too much whipped cream and marshmallows and like the sprinkles and the whole thing in it. And so my kids say to me last night, mom, do we have any hot chocolate? Well, I had completely forgot about it. And I said, you know, I don't think that we do. And so I sent my husband in to check to see if we have hot chocolate. Now, mind you, the hot chocolate comes in giant tubs from Sam's Club. Like you cannot miss them. Like if we have it, you see it when you walk into our pantry. My husband walks into the pantry. He looks around a little bit and he comes out and he was like, unfortunately, we don't have any hot chocolate. And you know, you, you, it it was as if in harmony, there was a sound of discouragement and disbelief that rang throughout the choir that is my children. And here we are where I'm like, you guys, I'm so sorry. Like I can make you chocolate milk. 
trying to come up with something to stand in the gap against the hot chocolate. Well, it just so happens that about 10 minutes later, I get up myself and have to go in the pantry for whatever reason. And I'm literally looking for something else. And what do I come across? Two giant tubs of hot chocolate. And I come out of the pantry thinking to myself, how in the world did my husband not see the two gargantuan sized hot chocolate tubs that are sitting in our pantry? I bring them out. He looks at them. And my kids are like laughing, but also wondering, how did you not see these? It is so incredibly obvious. So we had hot chocolate. It was wonderful. But my point, as I was whipping up my hot chocolate wonder, let's just call it a wonder because it's delicious. I was thinking to myself, how often has that been me? Where... I have something in my life that I cannot see. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's a flaw. Maybe it's something that I need to fix. Maybe it's something that I need to repent from that I cannot see. I have blinders on to see. And yet someone else can see it blatantly and clearly in me. And it just got me thinking, you know, who knew that chocolate would lead me to a biblical truth? You know, sometimes in your life, you don't see things. It reminds me of what God told me last year. He said, Autumn, I'm about to introduce you to yourself. There are some things in you that you don't see. You don't know are there. You don't know because they're hidden. You can't see them because of the busy, because you haven't quieted yourself, or you just haven't had use for these specific gifts quite yet. I'm about to introduce you to yourself. I think about this when it comes to my team. A lot of times my team members, I'll say, listen, I really feel like you have a gift of discernment or or God is going to do this miracle in your life. And they almost look at me in disbelief and they say, I don't see that. I don't feel that. I don't believe that quite yet. And yet I can see something that is blatantly obvious to me, it's almost as if they cannot see it. And my whole point of what I'm saying today is twofold. Number one, there are things that are hidden in you that God wants to pull out of you that are obvious to him. Gifts, abilities, strengths, talents, that if we would just stop and agree with God and say, you know what? I don't feel adequate for this call on my life. I don't feel adequate for this ask that you are asking me to do, but you see something in me that is so obvious to you, but I can't see. I am going to trust you in this. Sometimes we just got to trust when we feel inadequate. We, We don't see what God is calling out of us. And then twofold, the second part of that would be this. Some people can't see things in themselves, like gifts. They can't see talents. They can't see things that they're obviously good at. And that's when us as leaders or as friends or as spouses or as parents come in and speak life into that person that can't see what's in them and say, I see this gift, this talent, this ability in you. And I think 
God has placed you on this planet to do something special with it. I do this with my kids all the time, especially with Grace, because she's older and she she sort of receives it. But even with the little kids, I'll tell them, listen, I see that you are really, really creative and God's going to use that. And it's almost revelatory to them because they can't see it, but I can. Listen to the Lord. When he asks you to step out in faith, you don't feel qualified. He knows what he put in you. Trust him with those steps and be the one to step out in faith and encourage what you see as a strength in somebody else, because sometimes it's just not so obvious to us. Those are my opening thoughts for today. We'll be back after the break with an awesome message from Exodus. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey guys, I've got such a word from the Lord for you guys today. I want to just jump right into it. I was just studying, you know, I have my own quiet time over here. And you know, everything that I do comes out of my own walk with the Lord, you guys. I just feel like it's authentic that way. I feel like it's more believable that way. Uh, Everything I teach is something that God has taught me first. And I was sort of studying just a very well-known passage of scripture a couple of weeks ago and was just thinking sort of about what our family has been through, not just this year, but in the last 16 years of marriage with my husband, the different hurdles that we've had to overcome and we've had to get past. And the thought hit me as I was reading in Exodus, Exodus 14 to be exact, God has written red seas into every one of our journeys. The thought hit me is, of course, I was reading the passage of scripture where here you have Pharaoh who is in hot pursuit behind Moses. And it's just so interesting to me that Pharaoh finally saying, yes, go ahead, get out of here after the last, the 10th plague, uh, the Passover lamb that killed the firstborn Egyptians. He says, go get out of here. Time to go. You've got to leave. You know, I'm sure he's got a lot of emotions as his firstborn was killed. And then the Lord leads the children of Israel. He doesn't lead the children of Israel the regular way, the way that you would think that God would lead them, the easy way. He leads the children of Israel a different way. And the way he leads them is very interesting and doesn't really make a lot of common sense. He leads them directly to the Red Sea. And here's this Red Sea along the journey 
that God is personally leading them on. And here they are. And as I was reading this story, several things popped out to me that I want to uh, just kind of unpack for you guys today. But the thought that is just so resounding in me today is God writes Red Seas into all of our journeys. Now, the Red Sea is not something that we wants to stand in front of and have the faith to overcome. A Red Sea is never a welcome thing, but a Red Sea in the middle of our journey is always a necessary thing. We don't want it to be necessary. We don't want it to be part of the process. We don't want it to be anywhere even near us. And yet, It's for our benefit that we face Red Seas of our own. You know, this might be for you. The first thing that pops into my head is the woman that's struggling with infertility. Very compassionately, maybe you are facing the Red Sea of infertility. And we've had friends who struggled with it for 14 years and they waited by the Red Sea for a very, very long time. And sometimes God never even parts that Red Sea for some people. But maybe you've gotten a word, a sure word from the Lord that he's going to do it and you're standing there. Maybe some of you guys are facing a financial Red Sea. You're standing there and you're waiting and you're wondering and you're trying to trust, but it's almost as if you feel the heat of the Egyptians that are coming behind you. You're standing there and you're waiting. You know, in our case, when we adopted the babies, there were so many Red Seas that was built into our adoption process, Haven specifically. We had to sign extra paperwork. We had to sign just a bunch of different things that were Red Seas in order to actually ultimately adopt her. And I remember looking and trusting God with this tiny little seven pound, 14 ounce life that he had given me, trusting God every single day that he was going to come through and part the different Red Seas that we were facing. And he did. And on the other side of that Red Sea, you know, we see the glory, the majesty of the Lord. We see the power of God. So in hindsight, when you're already around the Red Sea, you look back and you think, oh, wow, I'm really glad I had that Red Sea because now I know that God is with me. Now I know that God is trustworthy. Now I know that he is intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Now I know, but that's always when the Red Sea is in your rear view, not when it's in your windshield. I'm thinking of you guys today that are just like the entire nation of Israel. I want to just remind you by reading this story where I'm at. Exodus 14, verse 10 says this, As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this manner, bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't that what happens when we face a Red Sea or when we're put under pressure? We immediately revert to questions and doubt rather than faith 
and trust in the Lord. That's exactly what they did. Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, don't fear, stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. One of the greatest verses in the Bible, but I'm telling you what, this thing Instagrams so well. I promise you, if you want a lot of likes on your Instagram feed, you slap this thing on an image and you just watch them roll in. And I love this verse, and I don't mean to make fun, but here is the reality. We can slap it on an Instagram feed, but do you understand the pressure that Moses was facing when he made this declaration before the nation of Israel? Hundreds of thousands of people, men, women, children, there were rams, there were sheep, there was oxen, Aaron, everyone was standing there, and the spotlight was on Moses the immense pressure that was on his shoulders when he made this declaration of faith is astounding to me. This is not an image on Instagram. This was the core belief of Moses's soul that God was going to fight for them. It gives me chills as we so easily say it. It gives me chills because I think of my Red Seas that I don't know I have been that confident to declare like Moses did. And when you're facing something like that, those words are cheap when you don't feel the words. There's something different about Moses, though. He believed it. In the journey of these Israelites, as they're marching on and marching forward, he believed it, but still nothing. I think it's interesting that a lot of times we stop at Exodus 14, 14, and we don't fill out the rest of the passage and read all the way down. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. And this is what just absolutely brought me to a different place of worship. For those of you that are facing a Red Sea today on your journey, know that they are 100% built in. You're not going to be on the journey of faith without some sort of Red Sea because that's when God proves and shows his power. The problem is how do you get that Red Sea to part? Now, clearly, Moses didn't part the Red Sea. God did. Moses really had nothing to do with that only being obedient. He couldn't have parted the Red Sea. That wasn't his specialty. God's power and God's might is what actually parted the Red Sea. You know what prepared God to work mightily? It was Moses's obedience to what God told him to do. It was his posture. It was his posture before the Lord that moved the heart of God to unleash the power of God over that sea and to command it to be rolled back into walls so Israel could walk through. This is what blew me away. As for you, God said to Moses, lift up your staff, And stretch out your 
hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through in the midst of the sea on dry land. I'm going to skip over to verse 21. Then Moses, listen to this, stretched out his hand over the sea. What did he do? His posture changed. He stretched out his hand. And then what did the Lord do? Oh, he brought the heat. The Lord did. And the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. You guys, I've preached this a lot, but there was something about the posture of Moses that just put me in a different place of worship. I just want you to picture him raising up his hands. What does that signify in our world today? What does that signify when you go to church and when you are worshiping alongside the worship pastor? What does that signify when your hands are in the air? It's, you know what, Lord? I completely surrender. I surrender 100%. Yes, I believe you. I am showing the world in faith that you are going to come through. And my, my singing is not enough. My singing is not sufficient. I must raise my hands in complete and total surrender that I am not in charge. You are in charge. You do what you want to do through me. I trust you. I praise you. I am in agreement with this worship song. This was an act of worship and showed Moses's complete surrender to the power of the living God. This one point minister to me so deeply because I know what it's like on this journey of faith to face a Red Sea that there's nothing you can do about. Your power will fail dramatically. You will fail as a result of the Red Sea unless the power of God comes through and meets you while you're standing there. My challenge to you today, my pushback on you today is what is your posture in front of that Red Sea? Are we complaining like the nation of Israel did and say, oh, I wish I would have stayed back in Egypt? Are we frustrated with the Red Sea? Do we wish that we could go back and serve the Egyptians? Or are we standing like Moses did with his hands completely in the air, showing the entire nation, I am surrendered. To the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and I serve Him. Worship, surrender, humility, trust. That's what moves and pleases the heart of the Father. That posture before Him is precious. And it was when Moses did that, verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept back the sea by a strong east wind 
all night and turn the sea into dry land so that the waters were divided. Listen, I don't know what God has for you and the specific Red Sea that you're facing. But I do know that there are Red Seas, there are obstacles that are built into all of our journeys of faith. You are not going to be on this journey of faith without it. You will face it. And they're there strategically as God tests our faith. They're there strategically because it's an opportunity where God knows that you cannot do anything. You are not in control. But if you would just change your posture before the Red Sea, it enables God to do something miraculous. And once he does, we can look back and the Red Sea was for God to confirm his power, his might, his intimate relationship with you. The Red Sea is on purpose. A lot of times we don't want to put our hands up and surrender and we don't want to have that posture, especially in years like this year where everything seems to be going wrong. And so we close ourselves down. We almost white knuckle and we dig our heels in. And that is the opposite. That's what the Israelites did. That is the opposite, I believe, of what God is calling us to do when we face one of those things. I surrender. I don't have control. There's nothing I can do. So God, you've got to take over and what a Testament that was to Moses's faith, to his leadership, as the entire nation watched him in complete surrender. I know what it's like to face an impossibility. I know the hurt. I was thinking the other day, the soul ache, this is the word that came to my mind. The soul aches sometimes in ways that you can't even articulate. I know. It aches. And maybe some of you guys are there. Your job is to not figure out how to get around the Red Sea. It's not to figure out how to remove the Red Sea. Your job is to listen to the Lord and surrender and trust that he is at work. Now, sometimes he parts it immediately. Sometimes he waits about 10 years to part it. Sometimes he doesn't part it at all. But our posture needs to be the same as Moses's. God, I... I fully, completely, with everything in me, I trust you. I trust you. And I'm going to show by my posture. I love this word. It ministered to me deeply. I hope it ministered to you as well today. I will see you guys right back with a question from one of you guys that are listening. We're getting so many different questions in. By the way, if you want to ask a question, you can email hello at autumnmiles.com or you can DM us on any of our social medias. I'll be back right after the break. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot, 
and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. You know, this might be becoming one of my favorite segments that we do, the Q&A. Today is no different. I have a question from Melody. And I mean, you guys like aren't trying to give me softballs over here. This is what Melody says. She says, I think the Lord gave me discernment a long time ago to move on and go forward. But I was weak at the time and ask him for another sign another word. Will God give me another sign if I missed it the first time? (laughs) That is a fantastic question. Melody, here's the thing. God communicates with us and wants to communicate with us all the time. Okay. That's why he has given us the word of God. One of the principles that I talk about in I think all three of my books is scriptural confirmation. When you feel via the spirit of God, that God is saying, Melody, you need to move. You need to act. This is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I do. And I have done a thousand times over the years. When I feel like God is telling me to move, in a direction. That's via the Spirit of God. I then take what the Spirit of God is telling me and I go directly to the Word of God for confirmation. Because here's the deal, Melody, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, they are never going to contradict themselves. They are always going to be in unity and in unison in your life. So if you feel the Spirit is saying, listen, I want you to do this. I'm giving you discernment to do it. And if you're still a little iffy on, is this God or is this just the pizza I ate last night? Go to the word of God. Seek the word of the living God. That's why it is there to guide us, to instruct us in the ways of the Lord. And ask God, Lord, illuminate your word to me as confirmation from what your spirit is already telling me. I call it scriptural confirmation. I've used it for years. All my team members use it. We all do the same thing, especially in times where we just don't know. Is this me or is this my anxiety? I always back up what I think the spirit is telling me via the word of God. So I have that extra confirmation, that concrete word from the Lord, and I can write in it. I could circle it. It's tangible. I can hold on to it when my emotions are all over the place. It is there to support me. And I will tell you from the Bible. You know, lots of people ask for confirmation. Gideon is the one that comes to mind very specifically. You can find his story in Judges. He asked the Lord for confirmation via the sheep's fleece that he set out overnight. God gave him the confirmation he wanted. And he was like, listen, God, can I have a little bit more confirmation? So he did it again. God does work through things like signs and stuff like that. But the greatest asset 
that Gideon didn't have was what we have because of the spirit of the living God living inside of us. And that should be your greatest confirmation. And then I would take it to the word of God for scriptural confirmation to back up the spirit. But listen, I want to encourage you that I am encouraged that you are seeking confirmation from the Lord. You are seeking truth from the Lord because a lot of people don't these days. And it's just a sign. Listen, the word says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God knows you are searching and he's not going to leave you clueless or confused. I hope this helps you, Melody. Thanks for the question. Again, send me all your questions. Thank you guys for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next week. And guess what? Next week, we're going to talk about voting. It's going to be interesting. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 